When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome into the 49er Access Podcast. My name is Sterling Bennett, and today we are going to do a special edition NFL Training Camp mailbag episode. I asked all of you on social media, on Twitter, on X now, I guess is what it's called, on Instagram, Facebook, and even threads, if any of you actually use that, uh, what do you want to know about NFL Training Camp in regards to the San Francisco 49ers? I've been there the majority of the time, including OTAs and minicamp, and I wanted to ask you what you wanted to ask me. Um, If you aren't there and you want to know what's going on, you have to follow me on social media. A lot of the updates are on there, Twitter, down below, or it's at 49ers underscore access, Instagram, 49ers dot access. That's where I post all the updates and I come back home and talk about it on this very podcast, but I asked many of you. What are your questions? What would you like to know from me about San Francisco 49ers training camp? We're six days in. At the time you're going to hear this on the audio version of the podcast, I'll be headed down for day seven of San Francisco 49ers training camp uh, and getting ready for a Kyle Shanahan press conference at 9.15 in the morning. But without further ado, let's dive into our very first edition of a mailbag episode on the 49er Access podcast brought to you by SeatGeek. Use our promo code 49ersaccess, 49ERSACCESS at SeatGeek.com. Save yourself $20 off. And the lucky person, the lucky Twitter user, X user, that gets to have their question answered first is Josh L. Cantrell. And he asks... Does Nick Bosa deserve to become the new highest paid defensive player? And who are we going to have to sacrifice in coming seasons to afford him? So to answer the first question, yes, Nick Bosa is by far and away deserving of becoming the new highest paid defensive player. Uh, When you win rookie of the year and you win defensive player of the year after leading the NFL in sacks and truly dominating your position over the what four years now, And when you're on the field, your team is not only the number one defense in football, or at least up there with the number one defense in football, your team makes the playoffs. Every year, Nick Bosa has been healthy. This team has gone to the NFC Championship game or better. So yes, Nick Bosa deserves uh, the title of highest paid defensive player of all time. Of course, over time, that will change. But as of whenever he signs, yes, he deserves that title and deserves every penny he's going to get. And to answer your second question, Josh, who are we going to have to sacrifice in upcoming seasons? Uh, the likely candidate feels like Brandon Ayuk, uh, but I detailed that earlier in the offseason as to how San Francisco can actually afford to pay both Debo Samuel and Brandon Ayuk. Um, there may be some depth costs, like Jawan Jennings is gone, who isn't making a lot of money. Maybe Trey Lance is gone after this year, which could free up some money for San Francisco. Um, There are some ways they can maneuver around the cap. Of course, let's not forget, this team likes to structure contracts a certain way and also loves the word restructure. Don't forget there are dead years they've added to guys like D. Ford's contract, who is still getting paid this year. Um, I'm assuming the same will happen for guys like Eric Armstead, Christian McCaffrey, George Kittle, and Fred Warner. So when you ask who's going to have to be a casualty of Nick Bosa getting signed, I can argue nobody. Um, this team is trying to carry over as much cap as possible. That's why they still have $5 million, if not a little bit more, in cap space currently and haven't signed guys like Yannick Ngakwe or Jadavian Clowney to help fill out the defensive line. Uh, so no one's going to be a casualty right now, but if I had to guess a big name that could be that person, it might be 
Brandon Ayuk. Um, we're going to save all the quarterback stuff towards the end, all the quarterback questions towards the end, because we got some news today, or at least some kind of news. I don't know if you call it big news or small news, or it at least sent Twitter into a tizzy. Uh, when it came to Quincy Avery, Trey Lance's former quarterback coach, he was going back and forth with fans today in regards to Trey Lance, and he said some interesting stuff. Also hopped into his spaces afterwards to discuss with fans you know, what he meant and kind of clarify what he had to say. It was actually really interesting. Um, I think, you know, I'll admit I kind of got caught up in it, asking a lot of big questions and, you know, kind of getting ahead of myself, and sometimes you can do that and go, okay, you know, after five minutes, ten minutes, say, Maybe I went too far. Maybe it's not that big of a deal. And again, Quincy clarified a lot of what he meant and kind of answered some questions fans had for him. We'll dive into that later when it comes to Trey Lance's tenure in San Francisco. But our very next question comes from NinersBurn53 on Twitter. And he asks, who might the coaching staff be leaving off the field to try and stash them on the practice squad like a player like Daryl Luter Jr., who is currently working his way off the pup list after suffering a bone bruise during OTAs. Um, the answer truly is nobody. Um, I don't think this team is trying to quote-unquote stash anybody because the players you'd usually like to stash are young, maybe undrafted free agents or guys who are late-round draft picks that aren't going to impact your team this year, but you want to have an impact in a year or so down the road and for in regards to stashing a player if I had to guess like last year it was easily Kalia Davis right um, recovering from an ACL injury he obviously couldn't play but down the stretch he was on the practice field and getting reps that's a stash player um, I think the term stash should be more so applied to someone like Ronnie Bell or a Robert Beal Jr. guys who have potential and may not get picked up by somebody um, on waiver wire if they are indeed cut during roster cuts later in August and early or closer to, to September. Um, I do think one player that sticks out that is actually on the field is Deshaun Jameson. Uh, he's shown out pretty well in training camp thus far. Really impressed with his reps. Um, very sticky in coverage, aggressive at the line of scrimmage. He wants to make a place, fighting for every single rep he does. And... Uh, I don't know if he makes the team knowing that Steve Wilkes likes Ambry Thomas. Womack has special teams um, capabilities and was really good last year as a gunner. Uh, Daryl Luter being a rookie, they like a fifth-round pick out of South Alabama. And, of course, Oliver Mooney Ward and Lenore not getting cut by any means. So maybe Jamison is someone they look towards as a quote-unquote stash player, but he's actually playing right now. Um, but I wouldn't say anybody who isn't playing currently will be a stash player as of this moment. Um, who will be a surprise cut addition to the 53-man roster is his next question. And I think a surprise cut, I would have to lean towards someone like Demetrius Flanagan Fowles, who has been here for the last two, three seasons, who's kind of been a mainstay on special teams. Um, many fans point to Ambry Thomas. I think he's making this team. Um, but a surprise addition... I think could be Jack Coletto, which kind of leads me into a question we have later as who is getting reps behind Kyle Juszczyk at fullback? That is Jack Coletto. Um, I know Matt Barrows asked a lot of questions about Coletto and kind of is intrigued by what he can do for this team and how they might use him. But Coletto, uh, being out of Oregon State, I believe, undrafted free agent, he can play linebacker or he has played linebacker. He's playing fullback currently in camp number 33. But he's also played quarterback in the pinch at certain times in his career. So he does bring versatility. Um, he's a player I can also point to and say they might stash him for a season. Uh, they tried that with Josh Hokett for a little bit and he didn't work out. But Coletto has the ability to be on the field, whether it's a linebacker, a fullback, but primarily on special teams in his rookie season. That seems like it's the highest case uh, scenario for him. But Coletto getting fullback run behind Kyle Juszczyk and then going back to who can be a, be a surprise addition, that would be Jack Coletto. I can also see somebody like Deshaun Jameson not being a stash player and actually making this team. I also wouldn't be surprised if Chris Conley makes this team. I have him currently outside of my top six receivers, but let's be honest here, I don't think he makes a team, but he could. 
veteran player having a solid camp thus far. Some drops he has to clean up, but he's actually sticking out and getting second team reps. He even got first team reps one day in training camp, so I think San Francisco likes what they see from the veteran Chris Conley. I'm thinking off the top of my head of other guys who could maybe make this team or might get cut. Um, I don't know how much they're invested in Nick Zakel. They like him a lot. They scouted him for three years at a college. Um, he's kind of a, a no-name prospect. When they drafted him, everyone said, who the heck is this guy? Um, hasn't been the best when it, in, in regards to snapping the football in camp. A lot of low snaps, which have led to fumbles by quarterbacks. Um, and so... I don't know if he becomes a stash player or a practice squad player again in his third year in the NFL, um, but definitely an interesting name to look at. I would also point to someone, you know, like a, a Ray Ray McLeod who could get cut, but that's only in the case of Ronnie Bell playing really well down the stretch and someone like Jameson, again, Bell, and even Danny Gray showing uh, their their production in special teams. And so I would say McLeod may be a special cut. Nick Zakel could be, although I'm leaning he'll probably make the roster because they they like him a lot. And then Jack Coletto might be a surprise addition to this year's San Francisco 49ers. Angel, thank you for jumping in the chat on YouTube. Maybe you're listening on YouTube or Twitter. Appreciate you hopping in. Doing the mailbag today. We'll get to Danny Gray in one second. Um, the next question. I believe the name is Spyro underscore 87 on Instagram. How is Kalia Davis doing? Uh, fine. He's currently hurt. <laughs> so um, there isn't much to say about Kalia Davis. I know a lot of uh, hype around him. Uh, people, you know, the Niners themselves compared him to DJ Jones coming out of college last year. I didn't like that, but I understood the comparison. A small bowling ball style defender. Um, and he shoots out of the defensive line like a cannonball. I get it. He's explosive. He's fiery. Um, but right now he's hurt, not practicing, not sure what's going on. He might practice tomorrow. If he does, follow me on Twitter. You'll see what's going on, uh, on and see who's healthy, who's not practicing, and who's actually there on the field. But Kalia Davis ain't doing much because he's not on the field that much, and that sucks for him, but that's just the truth. Um, Manuel Loves Maria on Instagram asks, How are we doing with injuries? That ties into Kalia Davis. Again, Kalia Davis not practicing for what seems like an injury cause. Um, Daryl Luter Jr. on the pup list, um, he's has a has a bone bruise. He's not practicing either, but he is doing drills on the side. Uh, Austin Bryant, free agent defensive end from the Lions, he's also dealing with an undisclosed injury. And I believe Robert Beal Jr. also not practicing, not exactly sure what's happening with him. Could be an injury, might not be, we're not sure. But he was in street clothes in the last practice alongside Kalia Davis on the sideline. But the biggest injury was to swing tackle Jalen Moore in yesterday's practice. Uh, that being August 1st, second day of pads. Um, not sure how serious it is. They didn't give us an update after practice. Haven't given one today, that being August 2nd. Uh, but grabbed his left knee, limped off the field and carted off. It could be a big loss for them knowing how bad the depth is behind. They're starting five off offensive linemen, so Jalen Moore is the big loss. Other guys, Kalia Davis, Beal Jr., and Daryl Luter Jr. All right, Niners McCoy. Who has been your favorite player to watch during training camp and why? Uh, me and Niners McCoy, we talk a lot on Instagram. He's a great guy. really appreciate what he does. Uh, we talk DMs all the time about the team and quarterbacks and stuff. Uh, good guy. Uh, thank you for listening and watching on YouTube or the audio version of the podcast. Um, again, who has been your favorite player to watch during training camp and why? Uh, I put on Twitter a couple days ago, my favorite matchup in camp has been Brandon Ayuk against Ambry Thomas. Um, I am very much someone who believes that Ambry Thomas is going to make this team and I think Steve Wilkes is currently testing him against the best receiver on the roster. Um, I think they want to see what he does when the lights get bright, when the pressure's on, when you have to fight for every inch of grass against Brandon Ayuk in his route running. I mean, Ayuk wins 99% of their matchups, but it's but Thomas is right there with them. Um and I think Steve Vokes is trying to get the best out of Ambry Thomas currently. I love their battles every single, like every single rep is much watch TV. Uh, 
any highlights they have out on, on Twitter or Instagram, I'm glued to them. Uh, during 1v1s, they are always going together, um, and that's by design. <laughs> it's not because, you know, they're just putting guys together. They want those two going at it, and I really think they have high hopes for Ambry Thomas this year, or at least Steve Wilkes does. Um, so I would say Ambry Thomas and Brandon Ayuk are just the two must-watch guys every single practice. Um, it's also hard not to watch Drake Jackson simply because he's so big, so athletic, and watching him go against Trent Williams is always fun. Uh, he got his first taste of what the veteran left tackle can do, <laughs> and it wasn't pretty uh, on Jackson's behalf. Trent Williams just tossed him to the ground on, on the first play together. It was pretty, pretty fun to watch. Uh, one other player I will say is really fun to watch, um, outside of the quarterbacks, obviously, is Ty Davis-Price um, having a really good camp. Anytime he has the ball, he's fighting for extra yards, not giving up an inch. Um, and again, I told you earlier this week, uh, he got the, let's go, from Frank Gore on the sideline. And so when you can get an audible cheer from Frank Gore, this team's franchise leading rusher, you're doing a good uh, doing a good job. And TDP continues to do that uh, every single practice, day in, day out. And so if you had to ask me, uh, Amber Thomas, Brandon Ayuk, Drake Jackson, and TDP have my vote. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. All right, Angel, we're getting your guy in because jbatty8052 asks on Instagram, will the Niners use Danny Gray in the regular season? Uh, they plan to. <laughs> I I think they hope to. Um, that is the current uh, that is the current plan to use their third round pick two years ago in the regular season. Uh, I think Ambry Tom or excuse me, I think Danny Gray is starting to show signs of promise. Uh, coming out of SMU last year, uh, I actually had him mocked to us uh, in the third round. Was really happy with what he showed at, at SMU. The speed, the route running. Um, he kind of found himself in the doghouse last year, but kind of in a weird way where that. He kind of seemed like he can only play with Trey Lance, or the reason he was there was to be the go ball guy strictly, and that's not who Amber Tom or excuse me Jesus, that's not who Danny Gray is. Um, he can do that sort of thing, yes, but he's good over the middle of the field. Um, his issue has been drops, uh, a lot of them in OTAs and mini camp, but things have picked up recently in training camp for him. Had a really good practice uh, yesterday, being August first on Tuesday. And uh, went into his day off, I think, with a good sense of where he's at. Um, again, the speed's there. He's really fast. There, there were home run plays for him throughout OTAs and minicamp and a big play yesterday. He is someone that I think they want to utilize. And Kyle Shanahan made a point to, to kind of you know say this, where like guys have to find their role. I said it earlier when I previewed training camp. A rookie has to etch out the one thing they're good at. Last year, it was supposed to be that go ball for Danny Gray, um, and Trey Lance got hurt, and that kind of took that off the table for him. And so this year, uh, with Brock Purdy out there and Trey Lance healthy again and Sam Darnold being you know able to throw the deep ball more often than Jimmy Garoppolo usually did, or at least more willing to, uh, Danny Gray has a spot on this team to me. Um, whether it's on paper or... Or in reality, Danny Gray should make this team. And he should feature in the offense to whether it's a small degree or a big degree. Um, I think he deserves to make this team. I think he's going to be utilized come the regular season, barring an injury to him during training camp or in preseason. The next question, and this is where things take a turn. Because the quarterback conversation is all anybody wants to talk about. They want to see the stats and the completion percentage. And they want to know how every single player is doing, all these near picks and near sacks and near turnovers, and everyone wants to hyper-criticize and over-analyze everything. Yes, this is a podcast about the San Francisco 49ers at training camp, and yes, we do that kind of thing here sometimes. It's hard not to, 
but let's be honest here. I pride myself on being non-biased and giving you blunt information. The stats don't really matter to me. Some fans care. I don't really care. Yes, if a guy is 1 for 8, that's not great. Why was he 1 for 8? That's what I care about. Um, some plays, it's just an obvious he missed a guy. Sometimes, miscommunication. Sometimes there are just reasons we'll never know as to why a play didn't work out. And that's things the quarterback coaches can see, and Kyle Shanahan knows, and the quarterbacks themselves realize after the play's over with in the film room, right? There are certain things on the sideline, reporting for this team, whether you're in the stands or actually with the media like I am, that you're only going to know at the most 50% of what actually happened. You know the outcome and what maybe happened during the snap in the trenches between the offensive line and defensive line. It's really hard to focus on every single player who's in coverage constantly. All you see is ball snapped, is there pressure, where the ball go, how is the coverage. It's very cut and dry. It's hard to understand exactly everything that's happening on every single play. You don't see pre-snap things. Quarterbacks do. Coaches do. As a reporter for the team, someone covering the team uh, individually, I cannot give you everything you want to know. But what I can give you is the things that I can see and what I happen to know. And I'm going to try to do that right here when it comes to quarterbacks. The first question. Nikki underscore 49ers underscore 1 on threads. Got the threads in. Asks, will all three quarterbacks play in and throughout each preseason game? I actually talked with John Dickinson and Jack Hammer about this at training camp, and I asked them, like, is Purdy going to play in preseason? And I think the answer was maybe about Purdy. Trey Lance has to play. Darnold has to play. Uh, even Brandon Allen has to play. Because all those guys are actually fighting for a roster spot. And I can argue... Three of them are all fighting for quarterback number two in Kyle Shanahan's eyes. I think Brandon Allen's fighting for three with Trey Lance, and Trey Lance is fighting for two with Sam Darnold. Um, I think all three of those guys play easily. When it comes to Brock Purdy, though, I don't know if they want to play it safe with him. It's a justifiable action to do so. I, think I, I, I don't want to see him against the Raiders. Uh, joint practices should take care of what he has to do to get ready. Uh, for the regular season next week, leading into that first game against uh, Las Vegas. Um, so we're probably not going to see Purdy next week, uh, but I wouldn't be surprised if we see Purdy in the dress rehearsal game in week three of the preseason. That would make sense to me. Give him a drive or two, kind of like how Garoppolo got against Denver in 2019 to, to end the preseason. Give him a drive or two um, and see how he looks, so, which, which he was not great by any means. Five picks in practice and a bad, bad outing against Denver. Um, which, again, it doesn't mean much. It's preseason. It's training camp. Certain things matter more than others. Um, and obviously that team went on to go to the Super Bowl. So, you know, it doesn't really matter that much. But um, I would expect to see Brock Purdy in the final game of the preseason, barring something crazy happening or them wanting to get him, you know, a, a, a drive here in the second game. I would not expect to see him against Vegas at all. Uh, the next question we got. In regards to quarterbacks, Juan underscore Fran7 on Twitter asks, does, <laughs> this question was funny, does Trey Lance despise Brock Purdy? Watch closely when everyone starts calling Purdy's name, watch what Trey Lance does. There was a video attached to this, uh, and it was Trey Lance signing autographs after training camp one day after practice, and it's like 15 seconds long, Trey signing autographs for 10 seconds of it, and all of a sudden, kids see Purdy, and it's, Purdy, Purdy. Uh, Trey stops, looks, signs one autograph, then walks away after, you know, doing it for 10 other minutes that we, that we didn't see on the camera. Um, no, Trey Lance does not hate Brock Purdy. Um, reading too much into this, they've talked about over and over and over again that Trey Lance was a good teammate to Brock Purdy last year, trying to figure things out um, in his rookie season. And the same thing went for Purdy. Uh, last year as well uh, even when if there was ever a scenario when Trey Lance was going to hate anybody it would have been hating Kyle Shanahan for bringing Jimmy G back and subsequently hating Jimmy Garoppolo because of that um, they didn't do that uh, Trey Lance is a great person um, whether you're in a press conference or you hear people who work with him 
Trey Lance is a genuinely good dude. I know it was tongue-in-cheek. You're kind of messing with me here, Juan. I get that. But I want to make it a point. Trey Lance is a really good person. Brock Purdy is a really good person. Uh, Sam Darnold, by all accounts, is a really good person. Uh, Ghost stunt included, right? <laughs> but, um, no, this quarterback room is cohesive. They want the best for each other. They're all good teammates, and they just want to win football games. Um, if you lose, that changes things. Guys get bitter sometimes. But even when this team was 3-5 and five and 4-4 four and four last year and things were like, eh, who is this team really? They're all friends. They hang out. And they care about each other. So no, Trey Lance does not hate Brock Purdy, despite what his eyes might show during a video <laughs> from someone at, at training camp. Um, Niners McCoy again. Niners McCoy 714 on Instagram. Is the quarterback battle close? To answer this question, you have to ask yourself, you know, what is the quarterback battle you're speaking of? If you're asking me about quarterback one, no. The starting quarterback for the San Francisco 49ers in 2023 has already been answered. It's Brock Purdy. Um, I know fans don't want to hear that. That's the truth. Um, I get if you like Trey Lance, and I get if you like Sam Darnold or Brandon Allen, whoever your your quarterback in the battle is. Um, the quarterback one battle is not close, and it's already been decided barring an injury. Or in the regular season, not preseason, regular season, Brock Purdy plays so poorly, it forces Kyle Shanahan to bench him. Brock Purdy is this team's starting quarterback. But I think the quarterback battle you're referring to is quarterback two and three. And yes, in my opinion, the quarterback battle for the number two spot on the depth chart is very close. I don't think quarterback three is very close. I, th I think right now... Trey Lance and Sam Darnold are making this roster. Um, I can even argue so is Brandon Allen, depending on how far he wants to make this team, whether it's practice squad or you know how they want to keep him on board. Um, but I would say, yes, there is a quarterback battle for two. It is extremely close. Um, if you want to put these fake, you know, who won each day, I have four for Darnold, three for Lance. I told us, told you guys yesterday that Trey Lance has had three good practices in a row. He's building up. You can see the improvement. Uh, Sam Darnold also had his stretch earlier in training camp after a bad day yesterday. And so it's close. But again, like I said earlier, we are not seeing everything. We're not seeing meetings. We're not seeing film room. We're not seeing the pre-snap process. We're not seeing exactly everything Kyle Shanahan wants to see. And let's be even clearer here. What you see on the field if you're at training camp Depends on where you're sitting. If you're in the back of the end zone during red zone drills, you're going to have a hard time seeing what happens in the pocket. So, the point of view of someone, the opinion of somebody, while isn't skewed, they just have a different POV sometimes on a, on, on a certain play. Like the Purdy getting sacked by Alex Barrett uh, in the red zone, but it was a touchdown to Juwan Jennings. I didn't see Barrett you know, get back there very quickly. I saw him get back there, but I can't tell how quick that was or if that would have been a sack. All I can see is someone's in the backfield, Purdy maneuvers, then boom, touchdown. Whereas someone else who's maybe closer towards the line of scrimmage might see, okay, Barrett could have got him easily. That would have been a sack, but play continued, touchdown. So POVs do matter. That being said, I do think that right now Sam Darnold has the slightest edge for what it's worth for quarterback two. That can change come tomorrow. If Trey Lance puts together four good practices and is lighting it up, I put on Twitter, uh, and I think I said it yesterday too, Trey Lance has had the best three-practice stretch I have seen from him since being a Niner. When I've been down there the past two years, wasn't there for his rookie season, mind you, but the past two years, this is the best he has looked mechanics, and the outcome of the play, the where the ball's going, consistency-wise. He looks like an improved quarterback, um, and if I had to predict, I think Trey should win this job. He has more potential, but I've also stated that Sam Darnold has the arm talent and could make Kyle Shanahan comfortable a lot quicker than Trey Lance. Then quarterback three, again, I don't think it's close. It's either Sam or Trey for two. Whoever loses that job is your quarterback three. 
that Brandon Allen should be quarterback for. I know fans and certain media members are making a big you know deal about reps. Um, Mike Silver has been saying that, and even Rich Eisen has been saying that. Um, to me, it seems like Kyle Shanahan wants to see who wins quarterback two, but doesn't want Brandon Allen to lose reps because Shanahan could easily just say, Darnold's a two for today, Trey's a three, Trey's a th- two tomorrow, Darnold's a three t- today, whatever it is, right? He can easily decide who is two and three by the day. Um, but I because they're battling so closely for two, I don't think he wants potentially his quarterback three to lose reps in Brandon Allen. Um, I don't think it's that big of a deal. Rep counting, not that important to me. Um, but people care about that stuff. <laughs> um, but this feels like a Trey Lance, Sam Darnold, and Brock Purdy quarterback room no matter what to me. Unless someone comes in with a huge offer for a trade with one of the quarterbacks, right? Um, but I would say it's only close. The quarterback battle is only close for Trey and Sam for quarterback number two. I don't have this, you know, Brandon Allen, Trey Lance battle for three. Um, it's very close, and it's swaying both ways every single practice. It's, it's like it's Darnold today, and it's Lance tomorrow. It's very, very, very close. Um, another Trey Lance later question. The fans love Trey Lance. Social media loves Trey Lance. I get why. Um, Alexia, um, excuse me, Alexia... Patterkiss. I hope that's your name. Hope I said it right via Instagram. Will Trey Lance ever play? <laughs> um, well, he played in 2021 in a very, you know, two quarterback system, then relieved Jimmy Garoppolo when he got hurt. Um, we saw him a little bit last year, so I think the best bet would be to say yes, considering he has played the last two years in some form or fashion. Um, that being said, if Brock Purdy's healthy um all year long i don't think we are going to see trey lance this year and i don't think we're going to see any other quarterback if brock purdy's healthy um shanahan has not been using or has not installed maybe he will come later in training camp but as of right now he has not installed any you know trey lance package that he did in 2021 um those don't exist. Uh, people are not splitting first team reps when Purdy's out there. He gets them all. And so if Trey Lance is healthy and on the team and Purdy's also healthy, Trey Lance will not play. Um, again, this is early on in training camp. It's one weekend or a little over one weekend. There is no Trey Lance package. And so with that being said, will he play? I think the odds on bet will be yes. Because the quarterback injuries have been so severe the past two seasons here in San Francisco. Um, but if Purdy's healthy all year, you're not going to see an- another quarterback unless he plays awful. Um, that is the only scenario in which an- another quarterback will likely play. An injury or just god-awful play by Purdy. Um, he is this team's starting quarterback. He just is. like it- It's been decided since last year, hurt or not, coming into the season. He's healthy now. He's throwing. He should be even stronger than what he is now once the season starts in Pittsburgh. So you're probably not going to see Trey Lance or any other quarterback, mind you, if Brock Purdy's going out there healthy and playing well. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Um, one of the bigger people to ask a question today, a co-worker of mine, the host or one of the co-hosts of Steiny and Guru, Daryl the Guru Johnson chimes in asking a question on Twitter saying, do you think Kyle Shanahan believes Trey Lance doesn't have it? Uh, Guru, thank you for the question. I'll see you soon. (laughs) Um, And uh, it's a great question because I know many fans point to the way Kyle Shanahan has his actions speak louder than his words, right? Where they say, you know, Shanahan, you know, talks well about Trey Lance and so does Brian Greasy and so does many other teammates. 
but the actions of bringing in a Sam Darnold and, and Brandon Allen's getting about a third team reps. Like, why is that happening? The actions don't align with what Kyle Shanahan is always saying. And so to question, does Kyle Shanahan believe Trey Lance has it? Um, that question goes a little deeper than just he's played poorly or hasn't got the opportunity. Um, that would require Shanahan to admit he was wrong on a draft pick and I think would actually have him reevaluate how he utilizes the first round or how he scouts quarterbacks because during that process it was trade up for to number three to get one of the three quarterbacks. It was Mac Jones, then maybe Fields or maybe Trey Lance. Shanahan said it himself. The, the deal was, it's Mac Jones or one of the other guys. The other guy obviously ended up being Trey Lance because he fell in love with what he dreamed he can do with him. Now, I've had dreams before. You've had dreams before. Sometimes you dream and then you wake up and your bubbles burst. And you go, I can't do this. Um, that my dream is not a reality, right? And the the magical things you thought you can do with this player or this job or a car, whatever you're dreaming about, when you wake up and you realize this can't happen, I think at that point, Shanahan would have cut bait. I think with Dante Pettis, he did that. He said, okay, I've tried to hold on to this dream. Let it go. It's not going to work out. You had one good year, and it's just not going to work out now. Um, Ruben Foster... There was a dream, right? Be our starting linebacker and, and be part of our hopeful next great linebacking duo alongside Fred Warner. There was a dream. Because of Reuben Foster's actions, the bubble burst. Um, maybe that dream is still alive because Trey Lance is such a great person and he works hard. Um, Quincy Avery even said today, Trey Lance never missed a meeting, never missed a workout during the pre-draft process. Imagine how Trey Lance would take the in-season stuff, the the OTAs, the mini camps, the film sessions. Trey Lance isn't the person to give up, isn't the person to point to and say, man, he's not trying. He's not going to give you a reason outside of poor performance to give up on him, to see that bubble burst on him. And to ask, does Kyle Shanahan believe Trey Lance doesn't have it, well, one would require Kyle Shanahan to realize the dream is over of what Trey Lance can be. I don't think it's there just yet. Now, Shanahan would tell you that he will trade himself tomorrow for a massive haul of picks and move on. If someone came calling the Atlanta Falcons, we'll give you a first-round pick for Trey Lance this year. It'll probably be a top-15 pick. We'll give it to you right now. Would he trade Trey Lance? Probably. That being said... I think, and I firmly believe, Trey Lance can be a really good starting quarterback in the NFL. He has the physical tools. This is the best he's looked in three years. Um, he knows the offense. He has physical traits. He has mobility. He can do things only guys can dream of in the NFL. There's a reason why he was compared to Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes. Now, those are lofty expectations to put on a young kid like Trey Lance, but there's a reason those were there. There's a reason why he was supposed to replace Jimmy Garoppolo, who was super successful. I don't think one year behind Jimmy with a broken finger, not playing much, would sway Kyle Shanahan against Trey Lance. If anything, swayed Kyle Shanahan to believe Trey Lance doesn't have it, and this might. It would have been last year in training camp when they brought back Jimmy G. I think after realizing Trey Lance, you know, they may need a backup quarterback worth something. Um, and things work out, and then their way, Jimmy G had no trade value at that point because he was still hurt, and Nate Sudfeld wasn't great, and Brock Purdy was being quarterback number three, right? Um, but I think at that point, that may have been when the flip was switched. But I still think he was intrigued. I, I still think Kyle Shanahan's intrigued by Trey Lance. Has it lessened? Sure. 
yes. <laughs> like, if it w- if it hadn't lessened, he would be in the quarterback competition for first for first team, for the starting quarterback of this team. Um, so it definitely has lessened over time, and I think that may have changed during training camp uh, last year, where he could have grabbed the brass ring and could have seized it, but was fine enough and. They already gone too far. They already named him starting quarterback because they had to really. But to save their season, they brought back Jimmy, and we know what happened, right? Um, that would be the time where he said, "Okay, like maybe he doesn't have it." But I think if Trey Lance didn't have it, or at least Kyle Shanahan didn't believe he didn't have it, he would have already been moved. Um, I get it's hard trading a hurt quarterback during the off season, but. If Mike Silver's report is true, and Trey Lance, the best offer for him was a fifth-round pick, you don't not make that move if you don't think he doesn't have it, right? So, if you believe Trey Lance isn't the guy, isn't your franchise quarterback you hoped he'd be, and someone gives you a fifth-round pick for him, and he's not going to play for you, why not take that deal? Um... I'm on the record saying Trey Lance has more value here than anybody else or anywhere else. I believe that. Um, so I do think Kyle Shanahan thinks Trey Lance has it. Um, if he didn't, he wouldn't be here. But I do think that shine, that sparkle, the, this new toy I have, this new Ferrari I have, like Jerry Rice called him, um, I do think it's starting to dim. But with a really good training camp, and maybe we'll see, maybe an opportunity. If Purdy goes down or is just bad during the regular season, I think Trey Lance has plenty in the tank to reprove he can be that guy in San Francisco. But again, it's going to take a gift from God for that to actually happen. It just really, truly is. But I do think, well, maybe it's lessened and it's dimmed. I think Trey Lance has it, and I do think deep down Kyle Shanahan still believes that. Um, I don't buy into the whole ref discrepancies and issue thing. Um... I think Kyle Shanahan just wants the best guy to win. And if that's Trey Lance, so be it. Kyle Shanahan is so fed up with the quarterback stuff here. He hates the questions. The team hates the questions. At this point, he's just saying, whoever's the best guy, go out there and play. Um, In his mind, that's already Purdy. That's fine. But behind him, he's saying, may the best man win. And in this case, I think it might be Trey Lance. It could be Darnold. But... At, at this point, if Trey Lance wants a chance, he has to win the quarterback number two job. And I think he can do it. We'll see. But I think he can. And I do think Kyle Shanahan, deep down, still thinks he has it. Despite that light maybe dimming on Trey Lance's future in San Francisco over the past year or so. Okay. More Trey Lance conversation coming up right now. But first, I want to remind you, follow us on social media. 49ers underscore access is the Twitter. 49ers dot access is the Instagram. Also use our promo code 49ers access. 49ERSACCESS at SeatGeek.com and save yourself $20 off your first purchase. Okay. Trey Lance made headlines without doing anything. That sounds like the entire offseason of the past three years for Niner fans. Uh, But his former quarterback coach, Quincy Avery, uh, took to Twitter to to voice his opinion on certain things. And you can tell Quincy, being a fan of Trey Lance, working with him very closely for seven months. um, And like Quincy said earlier today on a a Spaces on Twitter, that Trey Lance still FaceTimes him, I believe, to see his his daughter or, or someone in his family. I'm forgetting how they're related, but Trey Lance still FaceTimes the little girl. Because Trey Lance is a great person. <laughs> and you can tell Quincy wants Trey to get a fair shake at things, right? And so somebody asked him, Yo Adrian is the person's name, at Adrian Aguirre on Twitter, asked, Hey Quincy, how many of your former clients have to overhaul their mechanics after working with you? Quincy responded and said, None, period. Trey didn't work with me after draft prep, Kyle wanted him to work with someone else who knew his system. So he'd probably have to be better advised to talk to Kyle about that. Um, When Quincy said that, 
you know, the alarm went off. Wee woo, wee woo. If you watch SpongeBob, it was like Patrick, you know, wee woo, wee woo. Um, <laughs> so, uh, my alarm was like, where have I, like, like, this is like, this is something is reminding me of what John Lynch had to say. And during John Lynch's press conference earlier this week, he made comments that I said, well, that's kind of weird. Like, what did he mean by that? And again, I am taking what Quincy said and I'm trying to apply it to where it may not apply. I'm not going to be foolish and say something that I know is the truth when I have no idea if they're connected whatsoever. But what John Lynch said was when it came to Trey Lance's coaching, um, there may have been too many cooks in the kitchen. And, you know, maybe I'm reaching and I, I very well could be. I'm not going to deny that by any means. But was that in reference to who or how many people were involved in fixing Trey Lance's mechanical issues. Um, Quincy went on to say that, you know, he didn't work with Trey Lance after the draft because San Francisco wanted someone, a.k.a. John Beck, that knows Shanahan's system to work with him. That's fine. I have no problem with a NFL franchise telling their franchise quarterback they just picked, who is extremely raw, Hasn't played, I don't know what, 20 games in college, it seems like. Um, hasn't thrown passes in over a year and a half because of COVID. And has played one game during that span. That, hey, we have a certain guy we want you to work with. I have no problem with that. That makes a lot of sense. And it really, I'd do the same. <laughs> I would make sure I am taking my shiny new toy. The guy I'm going to hand the keys over to... Make sure he is what I want them to be. Make sure he is this Michelangelo style of statue. He's chiseled. He's perfect. He's everything. He's this fine piece of art that I'm molding. He's this piece of clay I'm making my Michelangelo, right? I have no problem with that. Um, what I do have a problem with is that when a young quarterback like Trey Lance, and again, maybe I'm reaching, when a young quarterback like Trey Lance comes into the NFL, very raw, very young, very talented, but needs direction, right? Has plenty of things he has to fix. He needs experience on the field and off the field. When a young quarterback like that comes into the NFL, he has to, one, when you're playing for San Francisco, learn a very, very complex offense. Have you heard the the, the plays Kyle Shanahan reads off? My goodness, it's like quantum physics. I'm like, what the frick is going on? <laughs> like, I watched quarterbacks. I heard the plays the Vikings run. I was like, what, what is happening? And they're even more complex in San Francisco. So he has to learn the offense. Then he has to gain experience on the field. Then he also has to fix the mechanics. Like, Trey Lance has the weight of the world, the weight of the franchise on his shoulders. And I believed coming out he was built for that. San Francisco believed he was built to carry that weight. They talked about his family and how great they were and how great of a kid he was. And I think they still believe he can do that stuff mentally. He can carry the weight of the franchise on his shoulders mentally. But it was never a mental game with him. It was never the worry about his personality or who he was in and outside the locker room. The question always was his play. And for a young quarterback who they told, we are going to give you one year, 2021, we need you to master the playbook, fix your mechanics, and become a franchise quarterback. That's a big task for a young player. On a team that their window to win is now, you are almost... Putting him behind the eight ball, sure, there are certain things that can get in the way, like a broken finger, like a broken foot in the year he's supposed to become the guy here. There are also things that the organization may have put in his way, like giving him the weight of the world on his shoulders and telling him to do three massive things at the same time. Master the playbook. Become a franchise quarterback and fix your mechanics. Forget everything you've learned. Or at least to a certain point, you know, 
keep the base of what you've learned from the guy you've worked with for seven months. Now, work with our guy, which again, I'm not blaming San Francisco for this. This makes sense. Get your quarterback with the guy you want him to work with. That makes sense. But the fact that you are putting three massive tasks on him in year one, when he's still trying to learn how to be a quarterback, that can not distract, but it can hinder someone's growth. And to hear that too many cooks in the kitchen, to hear that, you know, to hear that Trey Lance to a certain point is sitting there (laughs) like, oh my goodness, I have so much going on. And this fighting through it, being this warrior of a young player trying to go out there and do everything he's asked to do. Um, But I have a question for the Niners. If what Quincy Avery is saying is true, and I have to take it as fact here, um, and I don't think he would lie because he has no reason to, they must have liked his mechanics coming out of the draft enough to pick him number three overall and trade three first-round picks, jeopardizing their franchise Super Bowl window, but then they want to overhaul his mechanics and give him really one year to figure this thing out. He had one year, 2021, to learn the playbook, become a franchise quarterback in that time, and also fix his mechanics. How can anybody do that? (laughs) Like, without reps, right? And maybe they got, you know, they drafted Trey, thought he was a great player. I myself said he's really raw, he needs time. Give him a year. That wasn't with the interpretation of, Fix the mechanics, and he'll be a franchise quarterback come year one. You have to temper your expectations, right? But I do wonder if maybe they got in over their own heads. Of, we like Trey a lot, what he can do for us, that dream of what he can be for us. They got him in the building. Said, well, his mind is on, his his head's on straight. He's a really smart kid. His mind is right to what we want him to be. But there's a lot more issues then we realized. You know, Quincy Avery said the pro day went really well for Trey Lance, that nobody really complained about the mechanics. But as soon as San Francisco drafts him, stop working with Avery, use our guy, and now reshape, rework. And this is not saying he didn't need the work. I think he did need the work. I think the work has paid off, whether it was Avery or Beck or now Jeff Christensen. But when you hear he's had to work with, or at least has worked with, three different quarterback coaches through the draft process, with San Francisco his first year or so, and now Jeff Christensen, that's hard on a quarterback, on on any player, to have three different philosophies in your head trying to learn. It's like reading math and having three different math teachers tell you, how to do all these different things in different ways and saying this way is the best way, this way is the best way, no, this way is the best way. Well, at a certain point, you have to question, what's way is the best way for me? And I think that's where Trey Lance got to, where he sat back and said, well, I liked Avery, but okay, maybe he doesn't work with what you guys want here in San Francisco. That's fine. But Beck's not working for me. I have to find my own guy. In Jeff Christensen, who obviously worked with all offseason, all summer, and he looks good. And so I do have to wonder, did San Francisco put Trey Lance behind the eight ball, giving him too much to work with, truly? Again, changing quarterback coaches, changing mechanics, learn the system, which is very hard, and grow into a franchise quarterback with very little reps in live action. Like... I understand Kyle wanting his franchise quarterback, at least he hoped he could be that, and his quarterback coach to work with him. Not to mention, he had to actually change quarterback coaches in San Francisco. Like, the instruction Trey Lance has been getting from quarterback coaches, there have been five of them. Two in the building, three outside of it. Like, at what point does that not just make you frustrated and want to pull your hair out for Trey Lance? Like, you're behind the eight ball, and it might be the organization's fault for that. Now, again, you have to make throws. 
you have to produce. But because of all the stuff in the background we're not seeing, that may be a reason why Aston things went the way they did besides the injuries, right? But I have to also ask this question as to, again, I get Kyle wants to mold the quarterback. I'm okay with that. But it almost felt like that the ego of Kyle Shanahan, and I like Kyle, he's one of the best head coaches in football. Same guy who turned away Tom Brady, who didn't trade for, or at least, depending on who you believe, couldn't pull a trade off for Aaron Rodgers and one of Kirk Cousins, right? Same guy. That he took this moldable piece of clay that is Trey Lance, that was Trey Lance in his rookie season, and tried to make Michelangelo out of him, tried to make him this masterpiece, and this chipped and chipped and chipped away of what he wanted and he wanted he wanted it this way it had to be this way it had to be that way no not your way my way this way not the other way it has to be my way and after all that chipping away the statue finally cracked and that's where we have Trey Lance now who again looks good but if that's the reason why the opportunity passed him by that's not on him Injuries happen. That isn't even part of the conversation here. This is, if there was frustration, I don't know if there was, but it does seem like there may have been a very heavy nitpicking when it came to trying to perfect Trey Lance instead of letting him grow naturally. And, again, he can sit for a year, learn the system behind Garoppolo, learn how to play. But if you're going to nitpick and have him change all these things then not let him play and expect to still win games with him in 2022 pre-injury, then coming into camp say, well, he isn't who we thought he was or we've fallen out of love with him. That's on the team. That's on the coaching staff, not on Trey Lance. And now this year he's fighting for the number two quarterback spot because maybe Kyle Shanahan failed him. Maybe five different quarterback coaches have not worked out for him or the fifth one finally did that's not on trey lance some guys learn differently sometimes kyle's way isn't the only way sometimes the 49er way isn't the only way and again i could be reaching i'm not going to come here and say that this is a genuine you know in cement it's a fact you can't disprove it i'm not saying that but when Trey Lance's former quarterback coach comes out and says this, and he wasn't trying to expose anybody, mind you, but it does open the door for questioning. And like I just did, there's a big rabbit hole there because there are so many actions, like Guru allowed me to ask, right? So many actions that don't line up with what they're actually saying and doing. I don't think there's a conspiracy against Trey Lance. But some things just stick out more than others. And it's going to be really, really fun to watch what happens this training camp and this preseason. And if you're following along, I want to thank you for listening. Thank you everyone for sending in your questions in this first edition mailbag episode of the podcast. We talked for an hour about this stuff. It was fun. I hope to do it again soon. Follow us on social media at 49ers underscore access on twitter uh, instagram is 49ers.access training camp updates every single practice we are down there constant news updates if it's 49er related you best believe we're talking about it also use our promo code 49ers access at seatgeek.com 49 e-r-s-a-c-c-e-s-s at seatgeek.com save yourself 20 dollars off your first purchase you can also buy niners gear and support the show as well using our fanatics link up above or in the description it was a great episode going back to camp tomorrow kyle shanahan supposed to talk 9 15 in the morning if you're listening after that it's probably on our twitter if you've already listened to it well listen to the podcast later for that day's practice My name is Sterling Bennett. Thank you for listening. Thank you for watching. Don't forget to leave a like, share, leave a review, whether on YouTube 
or listening in the audio version. My name again is Sterling Bennett. This has been the 49er Access Podcast. And until next time, until next time, that being tomorrow, I want you to stay faithful.